Hey everybody, Randy here. Before we get into my conversation with Gene Elliott, I just want to mention and thank Herbal Active for being the sponsor of today's show. Herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V. You can go there um, for all your CBD wants and needs. Uh, be sure to use Trap Draw 20, Trap Draw 20 for 20% off uh, while you're there. Thanks to them, and now on to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, another edition of the Trap Draw Podcast. My guest today, I'm very excited, is Mr. Gene Elliott. Uh, Gene is, by way of introduction, he's currently the number one ranked senior amateur in the United States. Uh, he's the 280th ranked amateur in the world. He lives in Des Moines, Iowa. He was inducted into the Iowa Golf Hall of Fame in 2012. He has competed in 33 USGA championships, a four-time Iowa Golf Association Men's Player of the Year. Um, and Gene, there's so much more on that resume, but I, I want to get to our conversation, so I'll cut it there. How are you today? I'm doing great. Happy to be with you. First things first, congratulations on your win at the Crump Cup. You were the senior championship uh, flight winner at Pine Valley. Talk to me about that. What, what, what was that week like? Well, uh, exhausting, uh, <laughs> to put it in a nutshell. But uh, um, it, it was, uh, you know, anytime you're at Pine Valley, it's, it, it's a joy and uh, a, a thrill to be there, uh, even though I am a member, but, but uh, uh, to play a championship tournament with the kind of fields that they they uh, get there at Pine Valley. Um, you know, there's just there's just nothing better. And and uh, I, I played well in the stroke play and was medalist. And and then uh, uh, the senior division they cut to eight for the championship. And and uh, I was I was fortunate enough to win three matches and and uh, hold the uh, George Arthur Crump. Uh, statue so uh it, it's a th it's just a thrill well one of those matches you you went up against mike mccoy uh who i assume is is one of your good friends what what was that like getting to play against him uh stressful you know mike and i are, are four ball partners in our in our iowa golf association four ball and we're we're uh, u.s four ball partners and we've made it to the, the u.s four ball twice and and uh he's the last guy I really want to play. And, and, uh, um, you just, you just know you're going to have a tough, tough match anytime you're going to face Mike. And, and, uh, uh fortunately I, I squeaked out and, and beat him one up. Nice. Is there anything left on the, on the competitive calendar this year for you? No, there isn't. We, we, we're, we're going to go, uh, qualify for the U S four ball late in October. And that's it. That's all I've got on my calendar. I'm, I'm, I am exhausted. I'm fried. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with the year, but I'm happy it's over and, and it's time for a little, little rest and go back to my day job. So, <laughs> well, some, some very well-earned rest. Um, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, taking the time today to talk to me. I, I want to ask you, if you don't mind, I, I want to rewind, and where I want to start this interview is back at the beginning, and to ask you, what, what was your introduction to the game of golf? Uh, my father. Um, uh, I was born in a, a small town in southeast Iowa, Fairfield, Iowa, and it had a nine-hole uh, little country club, and... Uh, I, I was eight, when I remember most, I was about eight years old and, and, uh, dad would kind of, mom and dad would take, I'd rather go to the swimming pool rather than the golf course. But, but, uh, after I got bored of swimming, I, I, you know, putt or chip or something as a little kid and, and, uh, went with my dad once or twice. And there were some other little kids there and they were, they were the golfers and I was just kind of 
hanging around with them, but I, you know, I played little league and, and stuff like that. So I was an athlete and, and, uh, you know, that was my first, uh, taste at golf. And then we moved to, to Bettendorf, the Quad City area where the, the old Quad City open PGA tour event, which is now the John Deere classic, uh, was hosted and it was hosted at the course we belonged to, uh, at first, uh, Crow Valley golf club. And, uh, you know, started playing with some of the kids there. So that's that's kind of my, my start in golf. Did you love it right away? Were you a natural talent? Or was it something that you kind of had to work at? Um, you know, I, I did love it. Um, uh, we, we lived uh, about a mile from the club uh, on a corner lot, kind of at the edge of town. And Kitty Corner across was just an open field. So I would, at night when I was board and stuff i'd just hit golf balls out of my yard into this open field and then go pick them up and bring them back and hit them again and and, uh (laughs) you know as i grew i hit them farther and farther into that field and and then i couldn't hit driver anymore after a while so you know you could kind of see your progress through the years um as you got bigger and older and and uh um you know i it i I don't know, but I was always a good hand-eye coordination, whatever I did, you know, pitching or hitting or, or anything. And, and, uh, I guess golf just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm competitive, whatever I do. And, and, uh, golf was just a natural game to progress to. I want to ask you about Crow Valley golf club. It, it has a very illustrious history and was home to, Bob Fry was instrumental in, in developing Crow Valley. And then um, I, I believe you crossed paths with a, a young club pro at the time at Crow Valley named Butch Harmon. And I was just, I was just wondering, you know, um, what you remember about Bob Fry. And then specifically, you know, you, did you work with Butch and, and what was, what was he like? Well, um, it's interesting. I really didn't get to know Bob Fry then. Um, and then Butch came and Butch came when I was about 14 years old and, uh, uh, you know, we didn't know much about him, you know, his dad won the masters and he's a good player and, and, you know, we just, he's just our club pro, you know, and, and, uh, uh, but, but, but we had a blast with Butch. Uh, I think we won every pro junior we played in uh, the iowa pro junior we went into chicago and played the chicago district pro junior we won that he said he said boys i wish i could find a national pro junior to take you guys to you know <laughs> and and he just he loved playing with us and and he was really good he still has most of the course records in the quad cities uh it seemed like every summer he'd shoot 63 two or three times somewhere and and shoot a course record and and uh you know, he just, he had been around the game and he has, he has this magnetism about him. And, and I think that's what, you know, made him, uh, such a great teacher. And I, I kind of call him the Dan Gable, uh, of golf because, uh, I was a big wrestling, uh, state and, and I've heard Dan Gable speak a few times at banquets and things. And when you leave the banquet, you want to go rip somebody's head off. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but Butch was that way. He just, he just instilled confidence in you and felt like you were superhuman. And, and I think he, you know, he did it with Norman and, and Tiger and, and everybody's been, he's been around. So, um, it, you know, I really didn't work with him a lot, like on my swing or anything. I was just young and, and early into high school and things. And, and he'd, he'd say, you know, Hey, if you got any problems, come to me. And I, you know, I didn't, I just was trying to get better all the time. And, um, he was just a fun guy to be around and, and to play with. Well, I, and I'm curious who would you, and, and maybe it's a better question of when did you really start to work on your game? I, I know. And I say that, you know, you, you were part of two uh, team state championships in Iowa. You were the 1980 individual state champion in Iowa. Uh, were you working on your game in the sense that, you know, you, you had a teacher and, and were really working on the craft then, or was it still, were things coming pretty natural? Yeah, it, it was It was more just natural and, and probably to a detriment. Um, at, at a younger age, I probably should have 
started working on some, you know, fundamentals and some things. I was more of a just let's go play and, and not beat balls so much. And, and uh, um, even when I went to college, I really didn't, you know, I, I never really had a, a teacher or, or somebody to go to. And it wasn't until I got out of college that, that, you know, I did that and focused on that and changed my golf swing and things. But, uh, um, yeah, I was, it was kind of a homemade swing. I was very handsy and, and, uh, and, and basically inconsistent, um, uh, cause, cause I, 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 I got a lot better once I got out of college and, and, uh, you know, I was, I, I could, I could. You know, I played well. I won some tournaments and things, but but uh, I just couldn't sustain it. And um, um, if I'd have had some, you know, got with a teacher and got close to him and and you know relied on him, I think I you know I could have been better young, at a younger age. One of my sources in in prepping for this interview uh, mentioned that you were an early student of David Ledbetter. Was that? Is that right? And was that after you graduated from Iowa? Yes, yes. I, I graduated in May, and uh, um, in June of '84, I, I went down to my. And the only reason I went to see Ledbetter, my parents had a condo at Greenleaf, and that's where Ledbetter had this little tiny studio at the back of the range there. And somebody had said, you know, he's a real good teacher, and so I went and I spent a week with him, and. Uh, you know, I tell people I spent a week with Ledbetter and they look at me like, oh my God, what'd that cost? I said, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I spent, I think it was like $800 for the whole week, you know? And, and, uh, um, you know, he, 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 he nailed it on the head. He said, Gene, I bet you there's three or four weeks out of the summer, you're unbeatable. And then the rest of the year you're searching. And I said, that's exactly me. And he says, you can't play pro golf like that. And he said, he just started right from the beginning, you know, changed my grip, changed my posture, stance, swing, kind of shortened it up. Um, you know, that was kind of, um, he was kind of working with Faldo, uh, doing some things like that with him. And, and uh, I tell you, within, within a couple weeks, my ball striking uh, got to be so much better and so much more consistent and, and, uh, you know, he said Hogan wasn't the greatest putter in the world, but he'd hit it inside a, you know, eight feet, like three or four times around. And, uh, he really, really, uh, helped my game. You mentioned this was 1984 and kind of progressing on your, um, on your golf career here. Uh, so you graduated from Iowa and I assume, did you go to Q school after graduation then? Was that 1984? Yeah, I went that fall and it actually happened to be at Greenleaf. That's where Davis Love got his card. Um, I'd made it to the finals, um, and, uh, um, didn't, didn't, didn't make it through. Um, and you know, over the course of the next five years, I got to the finals three times and, and never did get my card. Um, and all I can say is that I choked. Um, uh, I remember at uh, PGA West Stadium course, I was in. This is this is back when they had fifty cards, and and I was in twentieth place after four rounds. I played really nicely, and and you know I was I was in great shape to make the top fifty. And I shot 77, 75 on the fifth and sixth rounds to miss my card by three. And, you know, it was just devastating. And uh, I, I think the next year I didn't make it to the finals. And then, then I made it to the finals again. And uh, uh, I was in Florida. And, and I, was, I was, it was rewinding. Uh, PGA West all over again. I was in 21st place after four rounds and I shot 79, 74 or something the last two rounds and missed my card by five. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I guess I didn't know how to handle the pressure. I didn't know how to get out of my own way. Um, and you know, just, it must, must have meant to be, that wasn't, that wasn't the path for me. So, um, and ended up, quitting after that that last uh, year and and uh, um, you know got into the family business and here we are 
Yeah. Well, I, I do want to point out for, for listeners, um, you kind of glazed over. I mean, you, you top 10 at the Memphis St. Jude in 1986, and then you, you found some, some good success up on the Canadian tour, uh, including you won the Quebec Open in 1988, finished 10th on the money list up there. I, I was curious about your experience in Canada. Did you ever cross paths with Mo Norman by chance? Uh, I did a couple times, um, and and uh, it was a treat. I, I, actually, the first time I saw him was in Florida, and I thought he was some nut job. I didn't know, but then I started to see him hit the ball, and I went, "Whoa, this guy's this this guy might know something." And then I saw him twice up in Canada, and I, I knew not to underestimate the guy, and and it was a it was an absolute treat to watch him hit a golf ball. I'll never forget it. We were in Toronto or somewhere and there's a good left to right wind. Um, and he's hitting a five iron as solid as you've ever heard a golf shot hit. And that wind hardly bothered that ball at all. And, and he hit like 20 of them in a row. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. Uh, you've done some good research here. You've pulled, you pulled up some <laughs> interesting things. Um, uh, that Quebec Open in 1988, uh, Dave Barr, who was playing the PGA Tour regularly, I think he won five times. Um, him and I battled uh, the last day on Sunday down the stretch, and it was it was really fun to play with him. And, and uh, um I was lucky enough to beat him by a couple, but, uh, uh, yeah, Canada's, Canada's been good to me. Um, and uh, you mentioned then, uh, give or take 1989, I believe was, was about the time you made the decision, um, to, to more or less give up the, the dream of, of pro golf. W- was that a difficult decision at that point or were you ready, uh, for something, for, you know, for, for a new path in life? Um, yeah, it was difficult. Um, you know, I, I, I got married and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it, uh, my father had, had the business and, you know, it, it, uh, uh yeah, it was, it was, there was second thoughts and, and I actually went up, I think in 89 and played a couple of Canadian tour events and then came back and said, no, I'm not going to play anymore. Um, yeah, after 89 and then into 90, I said, yeah, I'm done. And, and, uh, which was fine. It was, you know, I gave it, I gave it a good shot. I didn't want to wake up and be 40 some years old. And all I've ever done in my life is chase a golf ball and, and, uh, you know, have nothing really to show for it and, and nothing against people that do that, but I didn't want that for me. And I wanted to have a family and, and made sure the, the, the family business, uh, uh, continued and, and, uh, you know, and then amateur, you know, I got into amateur golf and, uh, about five years later and, and, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. So, uh, you know, it, it was a good decision. Were, were those first five years kind of the, the early 90s? Um, did, did you play a lot of golf or, or did you throw your clubs in the closet <laughs> and, and kind of forget about them for a while? Well, you know, it's funny when you're, when you're playing like I was, I was playing probably 200 and some rounds a year and I went to like four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I really didn't play um, in the early 90s and, and, uh, which was fine. I was busy. I was on the road selling. I was driving 50,000 miles a year, uh, selling for our company and, and learning and, and, uh, uh, it, it was all good. And then, uh, my pal, Mike McCoy started dragging me into golf, uh, again and, and, uh, saying, you know, we ought to go here and play. We ought to go there and play. And I think he was wanting a running mate. So, um, so in 95, I got, I'd gotten my amateur status back and, and I, I qualified for the U S mid am. And, and, uh, uh, that was, that was my first taste of kind of national amateur golf. So did your mindset change at all in, in that, in that five-year period? And, you know, once you got your amateur status back, what was, was there almost a weight lifted? Do, do you remember anything about, uh, you know, how the game came to you at that point as opposed to you know when you were chasing it uh trying to make it as a professional 
Well, I, I think it, it's it's a different kind of pressure. It, it's it's uh, you're not doing it uh, for a living, and uh, it it uh, you know you're doing it for fun. But I, you know, I thought you know when I you know go to these amateur tournaments after uh, getting my amateur status back, I thought, well, I gotta go win these things, you know, like nothing. And uh, I woke up real quick. That wasn't going to happen. These guys are good, and and uh, so uh, um, it it uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a different kind of pressure, and and it's you know you're not trying to feed your family with with your golf game, but but yet you want to you want to achieve a certain amount of success, and and uh, I I didn't I I didn't like going to tournaments and you know, finishing last or finishing near the bottom. So, um, you know, I was going to make, make sure that didn't happen. Was it easy for you to find that equilibrium between, you know, your golf life and your everyday life, or did it take you a few years to really, you know, achieve that, that desired balance where, you know, you, you could, you could do both well? Well, I, I think I was fortunate that I didn't have to practice that much. Um, I had a pretty good golf swing and, and I didn't have time to practice. I was, I was doing the business and I had small children and, and, uh, I didn't like to be away from home, but yet I still needed that competition that, that kind of drives me. It has driven me my whole life. I, I, I like to compete. I like to compete in business. Um, and, and, uh, I didn't have time to, to beat balls every day and, and, uh, um, I did some coaching on my, some of my kids' teams and things like that. Uh, uh, so I guess I'm lucky that I had a golf swing that I didn't have to, you know, uh, some people got to get their timing and, and, and hit balls every day to get ready. I, I'd hit balls the night before I left for a tournament and go. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I was fortunate in that aspect. The, the Porter Cup, which is a prestigious amateur event in, in New York, for anybody that's not aware, um, you you won the 1998 Porter Cup. Was that your first big breakthrough as an amateur? It, it was huge, and and I've got a good story about that. I was I'd qualified for the U.S. Amateur at Cog Hill, and and I played well, made match play, and I I I got Trevor Immelman as my first uh, round uh, draw, and I think he was runner up that year to to Sergio in the British uh, British Amateur. And I and he was in a playoff to make match play, and I thought, ah, oh, what's the luck I get this guy? And you know, you want somebody, you want some, you know, some schlep in the that's been in the playoff and you know barely making match play, and I get him. Well, I I five and four him, and I was like, wow, you know, I'm, you know, this this might be a special week. Well, then I got Ed Lohr, and Oklahoma State four time All American, um, won the Sunny Hannah twice, and. And uh, he just whipped my butt. He was about five under through twelve holes at Cog Hill, and Cog Hill it was really long for me. And and he sent me home. So and he sent me home early one morning. It was about ten o'clock, and and I'm at my trunk uh, throwing my clubs in there. And car pulls up next to me. Guy gets out, and he's got a Porter Cup coat on. And uh, I said, "Hey, uh, you with the Porter Cup?" He says, "Yeah." And I said, hey, I wrote you guys this year to see if I could play. And you said you didn't have room. I said, I'd sure love to play sometime. And he said, well, how'd you do here? And I said, well, I, you know, I won my first match, lost my second match. And he said, well, that's pretty good. He goes, here's my card. Write us another letter. So I wrote him a letter, uh, winner of 97. And 98, they invited me, and I went out and won. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I believe, did you beat, did you beat Immelman? During your, no, your victory there, uh, not at, not at the he didn't play at the Porter Cup. I beat a, okay. a, a kid from uh, I think he's from TCU. Albert Ochoa is his name, but okay. uh, it, it's fun to go back and look because uh, Adam Scott played that year. Jeff Ogilvy, Ben Curtis, Jonathan Bird. You know there was probably a dozen you know future tour players that that played the year I won the Porter Cup, and. Uh, and major champions too. Yeah, right. And and uh, you know the Porter Cup just opened every door there was uh, for me. And uh, you know now tournaments wanted you. Um, before you're writing them and you know trying to 
design a resume and 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 you know get into stuff and winning that just kind of opened every door so that was that was really nice that's a good lead-in i was going to ask you um about when you set your schedule these days what are the anchor events in your schedule and how do you go about setting your your competitive schedule well um you know amateur golf and senior amateur golf uh there's a lot of lot of golf tournaments and uh um, and, and a lot of them are at some of the most wonderful places, uh, you know, in, in the country. And, um, you know, the Coleman, uh, in April at Seminole is a, is a treat to play in. Um, the George Thomas at, at LA country club is, is, you know, super, super nice. And, uh, end of the year is the Crump cup at Pine Valley. Um, you know, we always counted the Western, the Porter cup the Northeast Amateur and the Sunny Hannah is the big, the big four. Um, they were kind of like the four majors and, you know, of course the USGA events are all, all bigger than anything, but, but, um, uh, you know, you also had the Pacific coast amateur out West and, and that was a good one too. But, but, uh, you know, for me, um, I, uh, uh, I played quite a bit this year. I, you know, I went over to, uh, England and Scotland and, and, uh, uh, played the British stuff and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it, it uh, there, there at senior golf, there are way more tournaments than, than you have time. So, uh, you gotta be a little picky. <laughs> well, it, just to, to let folks know you were runner up at the, the British senior amateur and you were the low am at this year's British senior open, which, you know, quite, quite the accomplishments there. Folks, Randy again, um, I mentioned earlier and, and just want to thank Herbal Active again for sponsoring today's episode of the podcast. They are a great partner. Herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V, uh, Herbalactive.com is where you can go and, and find all their product. Um, I will say Tron absolutely raves about it. He uh, He's sleeping better than he ever has, and I, I think what's important uh, part of the regimen is the the drops, and so I think in combination with the drops and then the balm or the drops and the mints, uh, it, it's really able to get the the full utilization of of the CBD oil. So, but I wanted to thank Herbal Active, and if you are there, use TrapDraw twenty, the code TrapDraw twenty for twenty percent off your order. Now back to the episode. You've obviously won many of these events through the years. I, I'm curious, you know, if, if we were to tour your your trophy room or your hypothetical trophy room, is there one that you would point to as being the that you're the most proud of? Um, there's all the, 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 that I'm really proud of. One one is the Porter Cup, but uh, the Terracotta. Um, I also won that in 1998, and uh, uh, the Terracotta is at Naples National, and they originally only, only invited 12 players to it. And, and the first year they had it, um, uh, uh, Matt Kuchar beat Sergio, Sergio Garcia in the finals. And he played he played 36 holes, one-day stroke play, and they cut to four. And then he played the semifinal and final matches on Sunday. And uh, I didn't get invited the first year, but I got invited the second year. And, and I was medalist in the qualifying 36 holes. And uh, I beat David Eager. Um, I think I beat him seven and six, but I birdied six holes. And I, I think I birdied two through seven. And, and there's a plaque. They put a plaque behind the seventh green at Naples National that on this day, Gene Elliott made a eight footer for birdie on seven for six in a row. And, Blah 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 blah, and uh, uh, that 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 you know, because everybody there was pretty much a Walker Cupper or USGA champion or something, and uh, I was just think I, I was lucky to get in the field, and then and then I uh, you know won the thing, and and that was that was really really special because I just you know I played such a hot round and. Um, it, it, yeah, that that and the trophy trophy is pretty cool. It's like a big terracotta pot. So, on the flip side, is is there is there one trophy or one championship that's eluded you? Is there one that kind of keeps you up at night? 
Well, uh, of course, it's a, it's a USGA uh, gold medal. Um, you know, I, I uh, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've had my chances to, 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 you know, match play is a fickle thing, and and all USGA championships, uh, amateur wise, are are match play, and uh, uh, you know, I've I've won a match a few times in the US amateur, but didn't go any farther, and then the US mid amateur, I've I've gotten to the quarterfinals, and. Uh, the U.S. Senior, I've gotten to the sixteen, but I've I've still got some time left in the in the U.S. Senior. Um, but yeah, it, it'd be a, a USGA Championship, and and uh, you know, it, it, they, the USGA was asking me this year, you know, at, at the Senior Am, you know, well, you know, your friend Mike McCoy's won one, you know, mid am, you know, are you thinking about you know maybe winning the Senior? And I said, you know, if, if it happens, it's great. I would love to. But, you know, I, who knows if it's in the cards. I'm going to give it my best. Um, and that's that's all I can do. But, you know, in match play, anything, you know, you can play great and lose. You can play not very good and win. And, and I played a pretty solid first-round match. I was even par, and I was done after 17 holes. So, um uh, a friend of mine said, he said, 95% of the matches you would have won with your score today. And he said, you're going home. I said, well, that's a statistic, but not one I like. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How would you describe your golf game? Uh, I'm curious in your own words what your biggest strength is and conversely, what what, what do you consider your biggest weakness? Um Throughout my career, I would, I would say putting was my biggest weakness, but, uh, uh, since I've been working with Chris Foley for probably three years now, I, I think putting has been one of my biggest strengths. Um, I, uh, um, I used to miss a lot of short putts and, and now I don't. Um, and, uh, I, I've always been a, a, a real good ball striker. I, I drive it straight and, and a good iron player, a real good iron player. And, but I, I think, uh, I think actually putting and even my chipping, um, are probably even, and maybe my, maybe my ball striking has slipped a little bit, but, but, uh, um, I, the last couple of years I've put it very, very well. Out of sheer curiosity was, is there, I, I, cause I, I, me being one, and I know a lot of folks struggle with, with short putting, is there anything specific or has it just been, you know, a, a long process and consistent work with Chris, uh, that that's made the change for you? You know, uh, Chris just kind of broke it down to fundamentals and, and, and just routine and do, you know, try and do the same thing every time. It's, it's not easy to do, but, but, uh, um, I, 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 you know, I think ball position and alignment, whether it's hitting a ball or putting a ball, if you can get it exactly the same every time, um, you're, you're miles ahead. And, and he's helped me to, to do that and be more consistent at that. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I, we'll talk on the phone or text each other and I'll say this is happening or that's happening. And he'll remind me, you know, it's, it's the same thing I've already told you, Gene, you know, but we need to be reminded as golfers. And, and, uh, uh, it, it, he's just, just given me a lot of good, solid fundamentals to revert back to if something gets a little out of whack. But, uh, um, I actually, I, I didn't have my best putting at the Crump Cup. Uh, which was a little frustrating, and and uh, I, I kind of towards the end of the last, uh, the final match, I kind of figured it out. And I went, yeah, yeah, well, that's what Chris is, you know, you weren't you weren't <laughs> doing what Chris had told you, you know. So there you go. I I read in a newspaper a news article. Uh, you were quoted as saying that you like to play with with a chip on your shoulder, and I was just curious where you think that that chip comes from was that something that you were just born with is that innate or uh was there did, did you develop that competitiveness uh, wow i don't I, early I, on I, I think i did say that but i don't remember what where you read that <laughs> but um you know and and i i don't you know not an arrogant type of a chip but just a um i i uh my mother i think was the competitive one and and kind of a little bit feisty at times and and uh um you know i just i just 
didn't want anybody to to just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best and fight my best and and if I get beat I get beat but I I don't want to you know be lackadaisical or or I, I just want it just helps to have a little bit of an edge it seemed like if I ever played in a tournament and I felt comfortable and I felt happy and I felt you know smooth or whatever. I didn't play worth a darn, but if I was, you know, a little bit edgy and something, you know, geez, I'm not doing this right or that right. As always, there's a little bit of an edge or something. I, I think I play better. Um, I don't know if that's a chip, but but uh, just just you know, hey, I want to show these people that I, you know, I don't stink and I can play this game and and you know I should be here and I you know might have a chance to win. So. Um, that that's that's what I think I meant. <laughs> yeah. D- does it ever get difficult to? I mean, as you rack up the accolades, and you know, obviously you've had uh, uh, just a tremendous uh, career. Does it get hard to to keep that chip on your shoulder? D- does it get hard to to kind of find that motivation? Um, you know, this year in 2018, it seemed like I won quite a few things, and I. I went back to the Jones Cup this year and, and, you know, defending champ and I finished fifth and it was like, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, a lot of people would be thrilled with fifth. Well, if you were the winner of the year before, you're not thrilled with fifth. And, and I went out to LA for the George Thomas. I was defending champion and I think I finished fourth or fifth. And I was like, huh, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. And, and, uh, my game just wasn't quite right that week. And, um, but I, I, right now, I just need some rest, and and I'll refocus and regroup this winter, and and uh, we'll we'll have a plan for 2020, and and uh, um, I, you know, I I, I want to win every tournament I, uh, you know, I play in, and I know that's not going to happen, but but uh, I think I think with senior golf, I. I don't have to p- compete against these, you know, 20 and 30 somethings that hit it 50 yards by me. So, so, uh, um, you know, I think in senior golf, I got a chance every time I tee it up, um, whether it happens or not, you know, you never know, but, but, uh, um, so I don't know if that answered the question or not. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a, that's a really good answer. Um, I, and you actually give me a good lead in to, to my next question. And again, this is another quote out of a, out of an article. Um, you're saying in referring to the game of golf, you, you said it's a different game than when I grew up. It's so much more of a power game, bomb it and gouge it out of the rough. You can still work the ball a little bit, but not like what you used to be able to do. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you've obviously seen the evolution of golf up close and personal. In your opinion, um, is is golf headed in a good direction? What do you make of the evolution of golf? Is is it as much of a skill game today as it as it used to be? Um, I, I I don't know. It's kind of a tough question, but but uh, you know, I don't think you know Brooks Koepka or Dustin Johnson are hitting any you know, high cut six irons very often. And, and, uh, uh, you know, these guys aren't, you know, hitting, you know, trying to hit a low draw eight iron, you know, unless they're behind a tree or something. Um, but back, you know, when we played a lot of balls and we had wood heads and, um, you know, you, you had to move the ball because you couldn't hit it straight. It, it, it just spun so much um, that, that you had to work it one way or the other. And, and, uh, um, you know, now these guys are so strong and, and they hit it so far that, that, uh, um, you just, you know, you just don't see the creativeness and the shot making and, and, you know, figuring out how to get it, you know, on the green. Uh, they just, they just hit it straight. Everything's straight everything's a straight shot and and uh you know you, you get a little bit more of that when you go overseas and you're playing in in weather conditions and things like that because uh, a straight shot won't necessarily go straight but but uh I, uh I don't know I don't you know should you dial the ball back should you do this or that I I don't I don't know the answer but but uh, you know I think there was a lot of great shot makers through history and and uh, the Trevinos and and guys like that, but, 
you know, you just don't, you just don't see that much anymore. Uh, people moving the ball and things because you don't have to. I, I mean, it, it, that's the way the ball is. It just doesn't, it doesn't work as well as it used to. I, I have just a few more questions, if if you don't mind. No worries. Um, okay, this might be a very difficult question, but but I wanted to ask it. Is what what's the best shot you've ever hit? Huh. <laughs> yeah, that is a difficult shot. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, it, it's, it, and maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's the answer. I was just curious if there's one shot when, when somebody says, you know, that, that just leaps to the front of your mind. I, I um, you know, it's funny. You, you, know, you play so many tournaments and so many rounds of golf and you'll have somebody go up and say, Hey, you remember on 12 at this tournament, you did this, you did that. And I'm like, I, I, first of all, I don't even remember the tournament, <laughs> let alone the shot, you know? So, um, but, but, uh, um, you know, I, I can remember some, some big shots, but I, I don't know what, which one was the, was the biggest. No, that's, that's very fair. Let me ask you this. Is, is there, who's the best player you've ever played against? Um, in 1986, I played the last round with Fuzzy Zeller at the in the, the Danny Thomas Memphis Classic, and he was in his prime. He won the 79 Masters and the 84 U.S. Open, and he was impressive. He, he I'd hit it right next to him, right next to him. Get to a long par four, he's 20 by me. Get to a par five, he's you know he, you know he 20 by me. Get to just a normal hole, I hit it with him, hit it with him, you know, and and. Uh, I was very impressed. You know, you don't win two majors by accident. And, and uh, I would, you know, I haven't played with, you know, all the greats or anything, but, but uh, um, Fuzzy was, was a real talent. And uh, I did play a practice round with Tom Watson in the U S senior open a few years ago. And, and uh, man, that golf swing hasn't changed and he still, he still hits it. He's, he's very impressive. So, um, I'd have to, I'd have to say actual playing it would be fuzzy. As somebody who has has been in the upper echelon of the of the amateur game and who is right on the line of you know get, earning a PGA Tour card and and perhaps embarking on on that path, in your estimation, what's what makes up that difference between let's say an elite amateur and somebody who's able to you know, pursue the game professionally. Well, if I knew that, I'd make you know fifty million dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a lot of times it's it's uh, you know it's hard hard to know what that line line is. Um, you know, right here from Iowa, Zach Johnson. You know, I mean, you know, he was third on the Drake golf team. That's all he ever was, and and uh, he just got better and got better and got better, and and. Um, uh, you know, I think, I think he had a little bit of success, but, but he didn't have much and, and not enough to really turn pro, but, but that's what he wanted to do. And he had the drive and the passion. Um, you know, sometimes it's it, I, somebody, somebody told me, uh, when I was a pro years ago, said, if you're that darn good, they can't keep you off this tour. And that there's about 20 guys on tour that are head and shoulders above everybody else. And then the next couple hundred of them are just there instead of somebody else. And, and, and I thought, you know, that, that, I'm not one of those 20 that's, you know, like, like a, a Phil or a Tiger that can, you know, win in college or win in their early twenties and things like that. And, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough way to make a buck. It, it really is. And, and, uh, but there's, there's more, you know, there's more money out there than, than in the eighties. And, and there's a lot more people, there was only 150 people making a living at it and really in the world back in the eighties. And, uh, you know, now with all the different tours around the world and things, there's a lot more people making a living at golf, uh, which is good. Um, but to be one of them, um, you know, now you got to be long and strong and, and, uh, um, you know, you just got to find a way to, to get through, uh, that's all there is. You just got to find a way. Are, are there certain guys you enjoy watching more than others in today's game? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I like, I like, you know, I love watching Rory. Um, you know, I think, I think he's a, he's a real talent. Uh, I think he does kind of work the ball a little bit. He tries to hit some, some shots, um, uh, even though he's super, super long. Um, you know, I always, always root for guys like Zach and, and, uh, you know, some of the champions tour guys that, that I knew and things like that. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Rory fan, I'd say. The last few questions. Do you have a favorite golf course? Uh, Pine Valley. Okay. Is I'm curious, a, a guy who's as well-traveled and, um, you know, has been so many places, is there a course that you haven't played that you're itching to? Um, I can't, I can't say that there's no i i've played you know there are some places i'd sure i'd love to play but i've played most of the most of the good ones and and uh i haven't missed too many <laughs> yeah that's 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 the mark of a of a successful golf career in my, in my opinion that's that's fantastic um I, I was talking to to Chris Foley, and and he he has educated me on the number of elite uh, mid and senior amateurs that that call Iowa home. Obviously, yourself and Mike McCoy and guys like Joe Palmer, Skip Billmeyer, uh, and the list goes on. What, what do you think it is about Iowa that you know has produced the amount of good golfers that it has? Well, I, Iowa's pretty unique. Uh, I, I feel for golf, we. We, uh, we have a, a player of the year point, point system, which, which the IGA, uh, Iowa Golf Association events are, are, are high, highly ranked, but we also have all these regional tournaments in the state, uh, that have amateur tournaments on the weekends, the Carroll Amateur, the Fort Dodge Amateur, uh, the Iowa Masters, the, um, Northwest Amateur, and, and they're all, uh, counting events for points for player of the year. So um, you'll get 100 guys show up in Carroll, Iowa to play in their their Carroll Amateur, um, and, and they're very competitive. And, and I think it's instilled competitiveness in, in the state of Iowa. And, uh, you know, we just, we're all trying to beat each other's heads in, and, and it, it, I think it makes us all better. Um, I... I uh, a lot of states just have their state golf association events, and that's that's it. Uh, but but Iowa has all these. There's there's twelve or fourteen of them that that uh, happen around the state uh, every summer, and and it, it's like kind of like a little Iowa tour, and and it's it's great for the game. And and uh, I I'd heard this this statistic uh, I don't know ten years ago, but per capita for the number of people we have. We have more golfers than any state in the country. Uh, for for our, I think there's only like three million in the in the state of Iowa, but but we have more more golfers for the the number of people we have, and uh, every little town in Iowa has a nine hole golf course at least. Even if you're 400 people, they got a nine hole golf course, and and uh, which which is kind of unique, and and uh, it just it just promotes the game and and. You know, and it's great for the game. Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of lessons that you know other golf associations and and people can take uh, looking at the state of Iowa and, and how things are done. Uh, that that's really interesting. I, I I did not know that statistic either about most golfers per capita. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 last question, I and I I'm talking to you at work on 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 weeks that you're home and and you're not competing, you're not traveling. What does a normal quote unquote normal week look like for you? And, and I, I guess what I'm really getting at is, you know, it sounds like you don't beat a lot of balls, but but do you play, you know, once or twice? How how, how often do you have to play to keep your game sharp? Um, I I don't. If, if, if I don't have a tournament for two weeks, I won't be playing until a couple of days before the tournament. So I, I, I don't have a regular group. I don't have a regular time. I don't, I don't, uh, um, I, I only play golf getting ready for golf tournaments. If not, I'm, I'm going to do something else, spend time with my wife, uh, work harder at my business, whatever. But, uh, um, I'm not a big, just go out and play to play. I, I, I just, 
Um, yeah, it's just, and, and I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm definitely not going to go hit balls because um, <laughs> I, I, I just I don't have anything to work for. I don't have anything to to look forward to. So I, I just, I just, uh, um, yeah, I practice for a tournament. That's that's you know, you know, maybe if it's early in the year and I haven't played in a while, go play. But but yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a ball beater. I you know, Mike McCoy. He loves to practice. He enjoys practicing. He might not have a tournament for two months, but he'll be out practicing. And that's that's the way Mike's wired. I'm like, huh. I'm not doing that. So um, <laughs> I'll just wait till two months from now and then I'll practice. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do, do, I, I, I just, I love the, the friendship and I, I, I think, you know, you and Mike and, you know, learning about you guys team up and are successful, but then you're also competing against each other. Uh, I, I love hearing about that, that, you know, you're kind of wired differently too. Do, is, would you say Mike, has he been, you know, one of the most instrumental guys in, in your golf game? Oh, does absolutely. he push you? Oh yeah. He, he's, he's pushed me um you know since since the 90s and and he's always like let's go play here let's let's play that tournament there hey have you ever thought about going here yeah you know like whoa how many weeks do we got going here you know and <laughs> and uh uh he can't get he literally he can't get enough i i can get enough i can uh, and and i'm right at that point after after the after the crump I, i've had enough but uh um he 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 He'd play every, you know, and, and you know, uh, what was it Dana Quigley? You know, he played Dana Quigley plays golf every day, and and uh, that's Mike McCoy. He'd play golf every day, and I I know that's not Gene Elliott. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Gene. This is I I'll, I've taken up so much of your time. This was such a thrill for me uh, to get to talk to you. Uh, I, I've had so much fun learning about your career and and. And, you know, in the last few years following uh, along, at least in USGA events. And so thank you so much for, for taking the time. This, this was a big, uh, a big thrill for me. Uh, and my pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. Favorite rapper, hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper.